in. Are you all in? I hope so. That's our theme these four weeks uh, this month. Last week we kicked it off with uh, being all in with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Remember our key verse? Uh, Mark twelve thirty. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Somebody was listening, all right? And what's the word that keeps repeating? All. Um, Lord, I want you to have everything I am, everything I have. It's the only right thing to do. After all, you gave me all, right? In Jesus Christ, we have all we need. And so today, in our second Sunday, we're talking about the challenge to be financially generous, all in with the things of God. So, woohoo, you came on Tithing Sunday. Aren't you glad? We need to talk about money today. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> well, I think you'll live, okay? I think you'll be all right. I think we'll still be friends when it's all done because we're going to talk about what God has to say on that subject. And there's an outline in the program that I'd like you to take out. We're going to go through at least three passages of Scripture as we walk through this topic. And then at the end, I would like you to prayerfully consider the tithe challenge. You may have gotten a letter about that this week. And in today's program, there's a card that offers you the chance to say yes. And what that is, for the last couple of years, once a year, I offer the tithe challenge, which is to take God at his word. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, the only thing the Bible ever says you can test God or try him in is in this matter of financial giving. And he says, I am the Lord, all-powerful, and I challenge, there's the word, challenge you to put me, God, to the test, bring the entire 10%. You know, it's genius that tithing is so simple, right? You take what God places in your hand, you take a zero off the end, and uh, that's what it is. So if it's 25,000, it's 2,500, right? Right? Did I get that right? If it's 40,000, then it's... 4,000. If it's 100,000, then it's... Yes, I got math students who come to church. All right. Bring the entire 10% into the storehouse. Why does he say that? Because I know tons of people who say, well, you know, I, 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 I tithe, but you know, the truth of the matter is, it's not an entire uh, obedience to the Lord. So, okay, so if we bring the entire 10%, so there will be food in my house... So in the Older Testament, where this verse came from, that was where there was a food bank. The, the priests and others who served uh, ate from that so that it was the storehouse. So there may be food in my house. Then I will, now this is God's promise, open the windows of heaven. Wow. And flood you with blessing after blessing. One version says, so much blessing you cannot contain it. So once a year, we say, try God, test God, see what he does. So for two months, if you will tithe, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, if at the end of those two months you say, no, it didn't work, I don't like it, I'm unhappy, uh, we'll give your money back, okay? Now I asked the board, I said, will we really give their money back? They said, yes, we will really give their money back because we believe God, okay? We trust God. So think about that, pray about that. We'll get to that a little bit later. Does anybody get my Friday emails? 
I send out an email every Friday. It's called the Davison Free Methodist Nation email. Do you know why we call it nation? Because the Bible says that we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. And out there in the culture, have you ever heard of Wolverine Nation or Spartan Nation? Some members of those are here today, right? What does that mean? It means you're a fan. It means you're pumped up. It means you're passionate about that. Well, guess what? I'm on Team Jesus. And I'm passionate about my faith. And it's not just church, okay? It's not just come on Sunday for an hour and check the box. And I don't want that for any of us, right? We are all in. And so we're Davison Free Methodist Nation. We are a holy nation. We live our faith 24-7. And that's my prayer that God will help us all to live into that today. Now, here's what I know. It's Valentine's. Did anybody get chocolates on the way in? I, I hope you did. My wife, we got, we got chocolates for everybody. Uh, it's not on my diet, but I hope you had one. So uh, chocolate is a way of giving somebody a gift that they might actually like. Right? Did you like it? Anybody? Um, because love gives. Love gives. Love gives something to bless another person. I, I read a list this week of the lamest Valentine's Day gifts ever. Uh, number seven, a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> okay? You don't want that. Uh, number six, a whoopee cushion. Don't be rude, all right? Number five, a gym membership. <laughs> Ooh, we don't want to do that. Uh, <clears throat> number four, cleaning supplies. You don't want to give the love of your life. Uh, number three, lottery tickets. <laughs> just scratch them off and throw them in the garbage. Um, <clears throat> number two, uh, coupons to fast food. Taco Bell, McDonald's. My wife, she might like Wendy's. She's hooked on Wendy's, but... Not a great idea. And the number one lamest Valentine's gift, deodorant. And we all know why, right? So you don't give something that people don't want. You give them something they, if you love somebody, you give and you give what, what would bless them, right? Right? So love gives and love gives good gifts. You know, there's a reason that I didn't do this message last Sunday. Because if you remember last Sunday, we talked about our church budget, which is an important subject and which I care about. But it's not all important, and that's not what this sermon is about. Okay? It's about our generosity. It's not what our church needs. Those are two different subjects. And my prayer is that we will hear from the heart of God on the matter of my heart and your heart. In the Bible, it says that generosity begins with God. That's the first filling on your outline there. From James chapter 1, all generous giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from who? The Father of lights. Wow. Every, all generous giving or every perfect gift, as one version says, and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or the slightest hint of change. Has God given you anything good? Did anyone here wake up this morning? Anyone get up this morning? 
Anybody eat something already this morning? Anybody have a vehicle that got you here? (laughs) I think that would be most of us, right? Anybody have a place you're going to go home to after? Uh, Have you been blessed by God? I have people say, well, you know, it's all my stuff. I mean, I earned it. You know, it's my money. I I worked hard for it, and that's true. Thank God that you did. But uh, who gave you the strength? Who gave you the wisdom? Who gave you the energy? Who gave you the opportunity? Right? It's all from the Father above. And when you stop to think about that, the truth is that anything we give back to Him is just a little bit of all He's given us. And that's what generosity is all about. It's saying, Lord, after how generous you have been with me, I want to be generous back to you because love gives. Love gives. God gives and we give back. The Apostle Paul, in taking some of these Old Testament principles, applies it in the New Testament. And he says to his friends who live in the city of Corinth, a Greek city, an affluent place, He writes to them in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, and he says, you will be enriched in every way so that, okay, that's important. So God gives to us for a reason so that you may be generous. Circle or underline the word generous on your outline there. On every occasion, wow, every, that's strong, which is producing through us Thanksgiving to God. Underline that. So, okay, here's the deal. God gives to us. Uh, He's generous with us. We are generous then in turn with others. And the result of that is that people are thankful to God. In a couple weeks, we're going to send a team to Haiti. Uh, This congregation has been so generous with the mission work that we do in Haiti. And many of you know Kendra Luna, part of our congregation, who has uh, served and reached out. She has a small village that uh, our congregation basically provided there, 28 uh, dwellings and families who live there. And we work hard to make sure that they can function, that they can have a life, right? And we, tr- we take what God has given us and we give it there. Now, in two weeks where they're going, they're going to a different place. They're going to the southeastern or southwestern peninsula. If you uh, remember what Haiti looks like, it sort of has uh, this shape out on the west end where there's uh, a large peninsula on the top and then the bay, Port-au-Prince is here in the middle and then there's this long peninsula that sticks out and it's um, more rural. And that was the area where the hurricane went through last fall and devastated the area. If you follow the news reports, I mean, I've been to Haiti a couple times now. I was very interested in, the, in what they were saying. Um, not only was it damaging in the moment, but the prospects for long-term damage are incredible. Uh, destruction of crops and the whole villages wiped off the face of the earth. And so when our team goes, we're going there, the team, I'm not going this time, but we're sending a team from our congregation to do what? To take a little bit of what God's given us and pass it along. 
you may be generous on every occasion, which is producing through us thanksgiving to God. So they bring some water filters and they put the roof back on a couple buildings and they try to give some children there a meaningful time as they shared Jesus' love with the kids. And the result of that is thanksgiving to God. Thank God somebody cared. Thank God somebody came. So you don't have to go to Haiti. I mean, it's a cool thing if the Lord leads you to do something like that. And I'm praying that he will keep leading our congregation in that way. But it's also one day after the next, right? So I'm sitting in my office Friday evening and just so happened I came back after running some errands in the afternoon. So I was the last one here and I was by myself. There was an event going out in the lobby with uh, Boy Scouts. And uh, Laureen Corbett knocks on my door and says, there's a guy here. And he's pretty desperate. Can, can you talk to him? And you know, I was, I was ready to go home. I was actually getting my jacket on. And I'm sort of like, well, yeah, sure. You know, I can, I can do that. So we sit down, he's crying. He's talking a mile a minute. I can't understand half of what he's saying. So, you know, he says his mom just died the day before and he's totally desperate and he can't pay the rent and hasn't had anything to eat. And, you know, I, I've done this now a long time. Uh, 38 years almost. And I've kind of heard it all. I've been there in all those moments. So I'm sorting out, you know, what's really going on. If I give him the money, you know, is that a, is that a smart thing to do? Uh, since I'm alone, am I safe? And I just felt that, you know, that nudge. If you're a, a Jesus follower, you felt it, right? So I'm like, well, if I give him, you know, he asked for 40 bucks. If I give him 40 bucks and he wastes the money, that's not my problem right now. My problem is doing what I think I need to do. So he's ridden his bike from downtown Flint on a cold day. We put the bike in the back of my car. I drive him back to his place and buy him a burger on the way. And when I get there, I give him the 40 bucks. And what does he say? I mean, it's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You don't know how many people I asked for help today who didn't give me any help. You know, thank, thank you, thank you, thank God for you today. And, um, of course, the Lord knew this moment was coming, right? I didn't do it so I could tell you about it. But I think God had a plan. You know, I need to, I need to hear the word. I need to obey the word. I need to be all in, right? So do you. Let's go back to that passage. On every occasion, which is producing through us thanksgiving to God. It's through us, but it's to God. I love that. Because the service of this ministry is not only providing for the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing with many thanks to God. Thanks be to God for His what? I surprised you. I know you can do better than that. Thanks be to God for His 
indescribable gift. Uh, that word in the original language, uh, in the Greek language that Paul was writing in, means um, unspeakable. So, so it's such an amazing gift that there are no words adequate to describe it. And who's the indescribable gift? Remember what Pastor Shane said, when the preacher asks you something in church, the answer is always Jesus. <laughs> and in this case, we're right, all right? Jesus is the indescribable gift. I love the fact that he's a gift, don't you? Can't earn him, can't deserve him, can't be good enough to make him happy, can't give him enough money back to earn his favor. He is a gift. If anybody here has ever done something you're ashamed of or sorry for, you've received forgiveness through Jesus Christ, you have received a gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What a gift, right? So how do you put that into words? Paul says it's an indescribable gift. Jesus is an indescribable gift. So I thought, well, I can try to describe him. And I did what I often do when I'm trying to think about the greatness and goodness of God. I did my alphabet thing. Jesus is the indescribable gift because he is astounding, breathtaking, colossal, dazzling, extravagant, fantastic, grandiose, humongous, incredible, joyous, kind, lavish, magnificent, noteworthy, outrageous, powerful, quintessential, regal, stupendous, tremendous, unfathomable, visionary, wondrous, extraordinary, I know I cheated, <laughs> Yahweh-like, zealous, zestful, and zippity-doo-dah-inducing, okay? <laughs> That's Jesus. Uh, some of you probably heard the great uh, African-American preacher, S.M. Lockridge. There's a, a clip of him talking about Jesus is my king. That's my king. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. And then he says, oh, I wish I could tell you about him. Right? He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He is unparalleled. He is unprecedented. He is supreme. He is preeminent. He is the superlative of everything good that you could choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all your needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted. He sympathizes and he saves. He guards and he guides. That's my king. He is the wellspring of wisdom. He is the doorway of deliverance. He is the pathway of peace. He is the roadway of righteousness. He is the highway of holiness. He is the gateway of glory. He is the master of the mighty. He is the captain of the conquerors. He is the head of the heroes. He is the leader of the legislators. He is the overseer of the overcomers. 
He is the governor of governors. He is the prince of princes. He is the president of presidents. He is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. That's my king. He is God's indescribable gift. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And His burden is light. He is indescribable. He is incomprehensible. He is invincible. He is irresistible. The heaven of heavens cannot contain Him, let alone a man try to explain Him. You can't get Him out of your mind and you can't get Him off your hands. You can't outlive Him and you can't outgive Him. He gave His life for your sins, though He knew no sin. He is God's indescribable gift. Amen? Amen. There's nobody like Him. And I don't ever want to get over Him. I don't ever want to get used to Him. I don't ever want to come to the place where it's like, oh yeah, Jesus, you know? No. The Son of God, the Holy of Holies, the perfect one who comes for me and lays down his life. Greater love has no one. And he lays down his life for his friends. And Jesus not only did that, he laid down his life for his enemies. He is God's indescribable gift. So all of Scripture says that people who have received his gift as a normal part of their life give back. It's not that big a deal. You know, if it wasn't for that nerve that we all have that goes kind of from our heart to our wallet, anybody know that nerve? Like, oh! (laughs) You know, it's my stuff. I like my stuff. God's blessed me with my stuff. I worked hard for my stuff. And the Lord says, what do you have that I haven't given you? And what can I ask of you that would be too much? in response. So he makes this promise to God's people and says, if you trust me and if you give a tithe back to me, I'll bless you. Does he say you'll get rich? Does he say you'll get rich? No, he doesn't. Okay. Does he say you won't have any financial problems or challenges? No, he doesn't. He says he will pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Have I mentioned I have five grandkids? Have I mentioned that? Well, in about two weeks, my oldest, our oldest, is going to be baptized. Because he wants to, because he has to. I think God just poured out a blessing on our family. What do you think? What do you think? This past week, Nancy's mom, Pauline, part of our church, um, kind of had a bad spell. And she wasn't well. And she hasn't been feeling too great. Would you pray for her, for us? We're planning to go to Florida. We need it. All right? Um, but most evenings, a lot of evenings after dinner, we 
just kind of take a minute and talk about what's up, what's going on, who needs our prayers, and then we read a scripture and we pray together. And it's our little church. I think God's poured out a blessing on my life. And I get to come here a couple times a week, pretty much every day, in fact. And I meet some of the best people I know. And I get to have a front row seat to the things that God is doing in your lives. And I get, you know, after you leave and go back and it's like, did you hear that? You know, a life changed, a marriage saved, family helped. Someone maybe took a step back from something very harmful and sinful. And I think I'm blessed. And I think you're blessed. And I think we just need to say to God, I'm all in. And whatever that means, you know, it's his voice, not mine. Now, I have people say, well, pastor, it's, it's, it's all about that legalistic tithing thing. No, actually, no, it's not. Um, that, that was God's idea. And I think it's a good one. And I know that it works. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Uh, I'm not going to check up on who says they're going to try tithing and who's not. I'm going to trust God with that. And just so you know, if you really, really give generously, I'm not going to get a raise. <laughs> just, just to calm your nerves, okay? I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't sign a check. I don't have the, uh, the combination to the safe. It's not about me. It's not about the pastors. You know what would happen if we got incredibly generous? We'd give more away. We would be making that much bigger an impact on the lives of needy people. That's what we do. That's why we're here. And when that happens, joyful happens. Joy happens. Dare to be joyfully generous. I want to close with this familiar passage um, where God talks about He loves a cheerful giver. Ever hear that? Anybody? That's from 2 Corinthians, same chapter, chapter 9. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Have you ever heard anybody say, should I tithe on the gross or tithe on the net? Well, do you want a gross blessing or a net blessing, right? I mean, he's got it right here. If the one who plants generously will get a generous crop, you must each decide, oh, oh, here it comes. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure or just because Pastor Glenn gave you the challenge, right? I mean, it's not there, but that's what that means. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Harry Meads, 90 years old in my congregation in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, came up to me one Sunday and he says, Glenn, do you know the Greek word? for cheerfully. It's the word hilarion. It really means God loves a hilarious giver. That's what it means. God loves a hilarious giver. 
And I said, well, Harry, I'm going to remember that because Harry was one of those people. And have you ever been to an African-American uh, all-out worship bash and, and they take the offering? And how do we take the offering? We put the plate here at the front and everybody dances down the aisle and they put it in the offering and the band is going crazy and everybody's worshiping God. Why? Because God loves a hilarious giver because it is the highlight of the service because it is my favorite thing. So when the offering plate comes by next time, you get to say, woohoo! <laughs> Yippee! Oh, yay, God! I have been blessed enough that I get to bless you back. Right? Not because I have to, but because I get to. God loves a hilarious giver. God loves a cheerful giver. You decide in your own heart what he's leading you to do. And guess what? God takes care of the rest. God takes care of the rest. God will take care of you. If you trust him, he will take care of you. Tithing is all about trusting. If you trust him, he will take care of you. And when we obey him, God will use you to take care of this ministry called Davison Free Methodist Church. And when God takes care of Davison Free Methodist Church, I don't know if you noticed or not, but in the new budget that we proposed last week, we proposed giving more away. Being more generous in our partnership with our mission work around the world, doing more for people in need. It's, it's amazing how that happens. You give to the work of the Lord, you trust Him, and He provides. Because there is no God like our God. He is indescribable. He is a God who gives. He is the God you can trust. So we're going to close our service. The worship team's coming back. And if you have that trying challenge card handy, take a moment and look at it. Whether you're going to fill it out or not, would you just take a look at it? And, uh, and say in your own heart, between you and the Lord, what you want to do about it. By each door on the way out, there's a little box with a slot in the top. And you are welcome to put it in there. Uh, and say to the Lord and to us that you're going to try tithing. Uh, as I said, it's, uh, it's something that we feel that we can trust the Lord. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you today for the indescribable gift of Jesus. And I'm aware that being all in is a lot deeper, bigger than money. And I also know that when we come on a Sunday morning like this, there are all kinds of issues, struggles, concerns. And so, so right now, we just open up our hearts and minds to you. The thing that's been bothering us, whether it's something we need to confess to you and be forgiven of today, or a circumstances that we need to invite you into, a difficulty, a, a physical, medical concern, a relational struggle in our family or with our friends? 
our job, the workplace. You're here for all of that and more. So, Lord, we invite the indescribable gift of Jesus to fill us, forgive us, strengthen us, heal us, direct us, energize us for whatever it is we face. And then, Lord, on this matter of trusting you with our stuff and accepting the challenge to try tithing, I pray that that would be something that you speak into our heart. I know we've, Nancy and I have done it for many years, but today we're all in. Today we are up again. We are committing to that with your help. And I pray that you teach us all a huge lesson in trusting you. And we walk forward in faith, God. We want to live up to our name, Davison, Free Methodist Nation, called out ones, a holy people who live our faith 24-7. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing as we close. Let's use this song as our way to say yes back to God.